Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hey, good morning, everybody. Today happens to be the 4th of January, 2020. Um, so lots of stuff going on in the, in the news and in the, in the world of entertainment and in our life. Um, I talked last episode about struggling with weight and realizing that I had gotten off my keto diet and gained all the weight back and it's time to get back on track. And I've done that. Um, I've been drinking mostly water and coffee and that's it. Just water and coffee. Coffee in the morning and then water the rest of the day, even in the evenings. And it's just sort of meant to jumpstart my body into going, all right, no more sugar, dude. We're, we're switching gears. And I think I've been doing that now since the last podcast. Um, the day of the first, I did eat all kinds of stuff I'm not supposed to eat. I ate cornbread and you know beans and rice and just you know our traditional New Year's meal with turnip greens and pork and, you know, uh, deviled eggs and all the good stuff, all the stuff I really enjoy. And, you know, drank tea and all that stuff. And I said, all right, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day we switch gears. Tomorrow's the day we cut this crap out and live a healthier life. And um, I've been doing that. And so far, this morning, I weighed myself, and I'm already down seven pounds. So... Now listen, this is not the same results that a lot of people are going to get. I started off at 255. So a lot of that is me feeling like I am overstuffed and that I know that I've consumed way too many carbs and I've had way too much to drink uh, of sugary drinks and also, you know, beer, which has a lot of carbs in it. And that initial loss is going to be a lot in the beginning if you try something like this. It's also going to make you feel like you have some kind of sickness. When I laid down last night, I was tired. I'd worked a full day, came home, and my wife and I started taking down Christmas decorations, and I was give out, I mean, falling asleep on the couch before 10 o'clock. Of course, I'd been up since 4 a.m. That's normal. But I was like, I got to go to bed. And I zonked out to sleep and did not wake up until this morning, um, which normally I may toss and turn, but I don't remember waking up at all. When I woke up this morning, I felt like I had, like I'd been, like I'd been drinking. I felt like I had a hangover. I felt discombobulated and out of sorts. And I know it was my body going, "Hey, dude, where's the sugar? We got used to it. We got we adapted to it. You should eat more sugar." Like that's the immediate thought in my brain of when I woke up this morning. My internal dialogue said, "Hey, we should eat something with some sugar in it so we can get this back on track." And I know what that is. I could recognize it, and I said, "No, no." I'm not going to do that. I got up and I had my coffee. Coffee's got some caffeine in it. <clears throat> it also has, uh, I got sugar-free creamer and some uh, heavy whipping cream, and I put my MCT oil in there so that while my body's craving the sugar, I can go, no, I'm not going to give you sugar, but I'm going to give you fat, and you can burn that as energy. So I, I got my coffee and came into my little podcast room here, the uh, what I call the Cedar Slab Studio, uh, <laughs> and uh, turned on uh, turned on the TV and started watching some stuff on TV. And I thought, all right, let's write the boat first, and then we'll start recording the podcast. I also needed to take notes, and I hope you guys appreciate the fact that I'm I'm writing down. I'm showing the camera right now. I'm writing notes of things I want to talk about, and I'll start putting pictures of these 
on Instagram if you guys like it. I have an Instagram page, stuff I kind of, or there I am talking about Danny's page, uh, stuff I heard on Instagram. Um, you can find me there. I'm posting photos of the topics page of kind of a guideline, what I want to talk about. And hopefully this helps people kind of realize what they could do with theirs if they had one. Uh, in the beginning, I used to just turn the camera on and talk off the top of my head, and I would forget to talk about things I wanted to mention. I would just ramble, and you guys know, if you've been there from the beginning, you're like, oh yeah, we remember Josh. Now I'm trying to take a little more responsibility. I'm trying to step up my game a little bit. I'm trying to be more proactive. I'm trying to legitimately um, give you guys the best content I can give, even though, let's face it, you get what you pay for. This is a free podcast. If you're complaining about it, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, take it up with somebody else because uh, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. Now, with that being said, I did take a bunch of notes of things I want to talk about, things I've heard, stuff I heard, right? So let's talk about it. Um, the Birdcast episode 381 just came out this week uh, with Nick Thune. Now, Nick has been on Bert's podcast before, and... The last time he was on the podcast, they started it off with him saying, hey, you got anything to drink around here? And, and Bert was like, yeah, what do you need? And he goes, anything. And he's like, yeah, I got this Tito's over here. And he's like, I need to pull before we even get started. I need, to, I need a drink. And Bert was like, okay, cool. This guy's on board. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be fun, relaxed. We're going to drink. And, and, and those podcasts have usually been pretty good for him. And this podcast was different. This podcast was all about Nick realizing that he was an addict and that he had a problem with drink, with drugs and alcohol, primarily alcohol. And he talked about how he almost died from drinking. Um, this was a really good podcast. I actually watched it on YouTube, and he talks about how he realized that he needed to get help and how he almost died and how he's recovering and how he's realizing now the things that are important to him. And it's, it's a good podcast. It's a... It is kind of weird when you see him doing stuff with his hands. He's got his fingernails painted like an orange color. I don't know what that's all about. Maybe he has a daughter, and she's like, Daddy, I want to paint your name. I mean, that kind of stuff I could see. Um, but also, he's one of those Hollywood dudes, and you never know. They, they're they weird anyway. Um, but listen, I've, I've listened to Nick Thune on this podcast before. He talks a lot about being a dad and what a big deal it is for him. And it's a good podcast. This is a good one. If you know anybody that's struggling with addiction or if you struggled with addiction, this is a good one to listen to. Um, he's very open and honest about the things that he went through and how it affected the people around him and how it affected him and how he ultimately realized that he needed help and got help. And so, listen, this is a conversation between two friends. It's a good podcast. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> then I listened to Joe Rogan episode 1403. Yeah. I got my glasses on so I can read <laughs> 1403 with Forrest Gallant. I hope that I'm pronouncing that right. G A L A N T E. Um, he is an international wildlife adventurer and conservationist, host of extinct or alive on animal planet. This is cool. I wish I'd have watched this one. I actually listened to this on the radio, on my, on my phone through the radio. Um, they apparently talk a lot about wildlife and insects and 
and and all sorts of animals that are rare and and hard to find and Forrest talks about his travels throughout the world and some of the unusual things that he sees, some caves that are, you know, had been previously unvisited that are in the insides of them are, are taller than skyscrapers. I mean, just incredible stuff. He has an Instagram page that I checked out this morning. It's Forrest, just like it sounds, F-O-R-R-E-S-T dot Galante, G-A-L-A-N-T-E. And it is full of the most fascinating photos of animals and, and scenery and places around the world that are just awe-inspiring. I mean, this guy reminds me of what it felt like when I was a kid when I would watch the, the National Geographic shows on TV or the, the wildlife conservation shows on TV. You're like, wow, I had no idea that animal existed. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Um, so anyway... Uh, Check him out. Check out the podcast. I really encourage you to watch it on YouTube. Um, it's easy to find. Just type in uh, J-R-E and then Forrest Galante and it'll come up. I mean, you, you can't miss it. Um, but since we're talking about YouTube, let's also talk about some other people. Um, I went back and I watched uh, my buddy Danny's account, um, Stuff I Kind of Care About, and he's stepping up his game with his YouTube channel. He um, he built a lightsaber hilt out of copper piping and stuff like that. And he shows you the steps along the way of how he built it, and it's really cool looking. But recently he bought some gear to do a live podcast. And I haven't seen the live podcast yet. I'm going to, um, just lack of time. But he re- was really excited about it. I saw him the other day, and he was like, oh, you got to come over and check out my new stuff. You know, there's a new thing I'm doing with this live ability and I got, I got a setup so I can switch cameras and that's what I'm interested in. So with this podcast, the the one you guys are watching on YouTube, I would like to have a video part where when I have guests, you have like more of a view of their face and it switches cameras when they're talking. I want to figure that out and Danny knows how to do it and I'm going to work with him on it and learn it and hopefully that it'll make this channel better and hopefully I can maybe show him a few things that, that may help him. I don't know. We're learning from each other. This is all the beginning. But along the way, I want to share it with you guys because you may be thinking to yourself, hey, I want to try something like this. Sure, why not? Again, we only help each other by helping each other, right? Speaking of helping each other, let's talk about, there's another guy on YouTube, big shout out to Micah. Uh, on YouTube, he goes by the handle Big Daddy, all, all one word, Big Daddy, with a space, and then 1992. He's a farmer. And he is going on the keto diet. He's, he texted me and said he's already lost 50 pounds. Uh, he comments on just about everything that I do. And big thank you to you, Micah. I appreciate it. Um, I didn't comment before because I didn't know what to call you because I didn't know your name. Uh, <laughs> then it dawned on me, hey, wait a second. I'm like friends with him on Facebook and stuff. And oh, on an Instagram. And, oh, wow. So uh, <clears throat> Micah apparently uh, was having some camera issues. And he's he's in the YouTube community of people that we talk to, and um, he apparently had a conversation with Dad about the fact that he had some camera problems and he just didn't know what to do next. Uh, he couldn't afford to go buy a new camera right now. And Dad, my dad's on YouTube. If you don't know, he's he's under the name R Peek R P E E K, all one word. Um, my dad 
took inventory of what he had laying around and he was like, you know, I've been upgrading cameras and I got all these old cameras that are just sitting around that I'm not doing anything with. And he's like, I'm going to send them to him. He told me about it on the phone. He's like, I'm going to send him these cameras. Maybe it'll help him out. And so sure enough, he sent them to Micah, got his address, sent it to him. And Micah did a couple videos. I started watching his YouTube stuff. I don't know why, but I just never watched his videos before. I guess I'd clicked by it and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm so scattered and I'm disorganized in a lot of ways. In all the ways that I think I'm doing well, I fail in a lot of ways. And listen, we're all guilty of that. I'm just telling you up front, this is my fault. Um, I, did, I realized I wasn't even watching his channel. I was like, well, crap, I got to subscribe. I mean, this guy's a supporter and, and he's making content and I keep talking about community and I got to follow up with what I talk about. So I'm doing that. I'm following you, Micah, and uh, I'm going to talk about you. Um, I really like the videos that you're putting out right now. The camera makes a huge difference. I ended up watching about 20 of your videos yesterday. Um, I didn't comment on them because I was watching them on my TV, and I had a lot of other things going on at the same time. But I was watching them, and uh, I, was, I really like the conversation with your granddad, who's in his 90s. Um, I like the farming stuff. I really like the, the you know the the stuff with your dog. I don't know why, but <laughs> I, I you're you're working on stuff, and all of a sudden your dogs come up, and he's like, "I want to play. Come on, pet me." And you like pet your dog, and I was like, "Oh, that's a cute dog." A lot of snow, tough farm life. I can tell. Um, but listen, Micah's been very kind to me for quite a while, and I don't know Micah. I know Micah as far as him commenting on videos and me commenting back and writing. But he's been very kind to me. He's, he's gone out of his way to write on almost every video that I put out on YouTube. And he's always said, hey, great job. Hey, I'm just checking in. Hey, this is really awesome. So does Terry, you know, Tertessa. Um, he doesn't do it every video, but I know he's there. And he'll just type, text once in a while, hey, Ben, just checking in. And I'm like, thanks, bud. Uh, but Micah has been really consistent of commenting all the time. And I can tell that he is part of this community. He's part of this group of people that wants to share in community. And kudos to dad to just, you know, I mean, he's moved up in gear and he's like, I don't need this stuff anymore. I don't use these cameras. And he just sent him 10 cameras. And then Micah made a video about, RP sent me a new camera, let's test it out. And in the video, he's talking about, okay, this is the first one I'm trying out and it, we're going to see what it looks like and blah, 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 blah. And I got a friend of mine that, that needs a camera and I'm going to send him one of these cameras. Well, good. That's, that's great. That is awesome. That is, that's what this is all meant for, right? I mean, if we're all supposed to take some responsibility along the way, it's that we help each other out. So that's awesome. Big thumbs up to dad. Fins up, as they say. Uh, go check out Micah's channel, Big Daddy 1992. And uh, yeah, so... Um, Let's talk about... I got all kind of notes here, and I don't know which direction I want to take. Okay, so on Netflix, there's a new show called Messiah. Now, I don't know if anybody's seen it yet. I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm going to. I mean, it's just... It, I can't help it. Um, the word Messiah. Let's talk about the word Messiah. If you, I looked it up this morning on Google because I wanted to get it right. Messiah in Hebrew literally means anointed. And if you follow the translation through the what it says, it, it, one of the definitions, it says a leader or savior of a particular group or cause. 
in the show, they ask him what his name is, and at one point he gives them a he gives them a Hebrew word, and the translation of it apparently means the word. I don't know if he says Messiah in their language, and it means the word, but <clears throat> the word also translates to Messiah. Now, I had heard in church one time that Messiah also means like a rebel leader, a person who, you know, leads their people against all odds. And I don't know if that's correct. I just know that it was conversation starter. So here's the thing. The guy playing him is really is a fantastic actor. Um, And I'm going to butcher the name because I don't, I'm not from that region. I don't know the dialect. Um, Made Dabi, M-E-H-D, D-E-H-B-I is the guy who's playing Messiah, okay? There's a few actors that you're going to recognize, um, primarily the CIA agent who's studying him and trying to figure out if he's a, a religious cult leader or a, or a, some kind of you know new terrorist group guy. Uh, Michelle Moynihan plays in this. She's the star power. If you Google cast of, she's the first name that comes up. And... She looks very recognizable on screen, and like immediately when the show started, I thought, I know her from something. What do I know her from? So I Googled her, and she's been in like 30 giant movies. Uh, she's been in every Mission Impossible, Born Supremacy. When you see her, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen her and stuff. Um, she's a very good presence on the screen. She's a good actress. A thought crossed my head. I wonder if she's part of that Harvey Weinstein scandal thing, and she just is like, I ain't talking about nothing. Just, I got my part, y'all kiss my ass. Anyway, I hope that's not the case, but who knows. Um, there's another great actor on the show, uh, Tomir Sisley, T-O-M-E-R, Tomer, Tomir Sisley, S-I-S-L-E-Y. Um, and John Ortiz is in it. He's been in lots of stuff. He's a, he's a good actor. So anyway, this show... If you've seen the previews, I'm not going to... This This is what the previews are. This guy says he's the Messiah. And they do like a search on their database of known people, you know, throughout the world. And they can't find them on any database for some reason. And this sandstorm comes along and he's preaching about God and whatnot in this war-torn country. And literally they're about to get invaded by a giant army and destroyed. And he says, don't worry... You know, God will provide, God will protect us. And this sandstorm comes over them right about the time that this army is supposed to attack them. And he and, and the people are scared. They don't know whether they should run or anything. And he's like, it'll be okay. God will protect us. God will provide. God will... And he continued to preach while this sandstorm came in and literally beat them up for 40 days where the sandstorm did not quit. And the army that was going to invade just finally gave up and left. They were like, I ain't doing this. But the people that were there said that he preached the entire time while the sandstorm continued, that he didn't stop for food or water the entire time. Wow. Okay. So right away you have sort of a, sort of a belief, but also like a, a tentative, you know, all right, did you really watch him every minute of the day during the sandstorm? We could barely see is this a trick? Is this real? What's going on? But this one guy says, I'm going to follow you. I believe you're the guy. I believe you are the Messiah. 
and he says, we're going we're gonna to take a walk. Follow me. So they follow him. They get to the border of, of Jordan, or is it Jordan or Israel? I don't know, Palestine. The, the, anyway, they get to a border. He says, I want all your guns. Bury the guns. And he makes them bury the guns. And then he walks them up to the border. <clears throat> and they're like, okay, what's next? And he walks towards the border, and they arrest him. And they take him away. Well, the people are all sitting there like, okay, now what? But he, he had told this one guy, the one guy who said, I believe in you. He told him, he said, listen, I'm going to ask a lot of you. And it's going to suck. But you're going to have to, you're going to have to endure. And what happens next is, is awful and amazing and reminds me so much of the Bible of what happened to Jesus in real life. And it made me think, okay, here's the conversation. What would happen if Jesus came back today? What would happen if a Messiah came back today? Right away you're going to go, this guy ain't real. There's conversations that he has with, with quote-unquote religious leaders where they doubt him and they call him names and they try to ridicule him and they try to discredit him. Everybody wants to discredit him. People who want to believe also want to discredit him because they, they can't wrap their heads around the fact of if this is really him, then this is it. Like the end is near. And it, it comes out at a very difficult time in America. We got a lot of things going on right now in America. We got the wildfires going on in Australia that are decimating the entire country. I'd heard about the wildfires in Australia and I thought, yeah, but how bad could it be? I mean, you hear that kind of stuff and you go, yeah, it's probably just a small thing. It's like when we get a hurricane here and they go, oh, the devastation was just awful. And then like when you look at a map of it, it's like maybe two square miles of the entire coast is damaged. So I was, I was like, okay, let me look at Google. And I brought up an image on my phone. If you type in wildfires in Australia, 2019, most of the country along, along, along the coast and the islands leading up in towards Indonesia are all on fire. They're all ablaze. I, I, I looked it up this morning. It says that it's believed that the wildfires in Australia have wiped out 500 million animals. 500 million animals since September. 8,000 koalas gone. The glaciers that are in New Zealand are turning black from the soot. That's hard to wrap your head around. Australia is the size of America. The landmass is basically the size of America. I've heard people talk about it. Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. They have basically the population of Los Angeles on the whole continent. And it's all on fire. What's going to happen to those people? You know, it's very troubling. There's also the impending conversation of World War III. We're having that in our news right now. And I don't normally talk about politics on here, um, except for, you know, promoting Tulsi Gabbard. But let's talk about it. Because now all of a sudden it is a real topic that we need to discuss. I mean, everybody needs to discuss. 
and not just take one side's version of it. Like listen to everybody. I'll give you an example. Okay. Tulsi Gabbard says we need to get out of there. She's like, we, we don't need, we don't need to have troops there. We need to pull out of there. Kind of makes me wonder if you're right or not. Dan Crenshaw says, uh, the escalation of violence is occurring without our involvement. That we interfered just to stop the escalation more. Apparently they were getting ready for some attack on Iraq. And we're supposedly buddies with Iraq now. We give them billions of dollars a year. That came straight from Trump's Twitter. We give them billions of dollars a year. Why? So we can have a foothold. So we can say that we have an occupational war so that we're close to the source. Dan Crenshaw is a congressman. He actually served combat time. He lost an eye. You guys may remember him. He's been on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, episode 1337, back in August 20th of 2019. He talks about, you know, hey, listen, it's necessary for us to be there. And he talks about why. And I'd never really heard that argument before. Because, you know, mostly the polit- mostly politics is controlled by the Democrats. And they only promote the fact of, you know, Trump's the devil, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Nikki Haley, she posted that this general, this Iranian general, Qasem Soleimani, I'm butchering the name, I'm sure. She said she put him on notice two years ago at the U.N., because apparently his acts of terrorism were so bad, she said that she had to she had to call him out in public and say, this is, this is a problem. This guy's a problem. He is going to cause another war. Tulsi Gabbard's been talking for a while about the fact that she felt like what was going on in Iran was escalating, and she wanted to avoid a war. That's why she wants to pull troops out. She might be right. Dan Crenshaw might be right. I don't know. So here's a quote. There was an imminent attack taking place. And that's why they originally bombed the area. They called it an airstrike. And this general apparently decided to declare war. He decided. He called for them to attack the embassy, the U.S. embassy there. And there's video of that. Listen, this happened in Benghazi. And when it happened, we all questioned, why didn't we interact? Why didn't we do anything to protect those people? We let it happen. That was under, that was under Obama. That was under Hillary Clinton. They let it happen. They let those people die brutally. Brutally. And that was during the scandal when all the emails got deleted and she was exonerated somehow from the American public. They let it go. And she was directly responsible. They knew about it. They knew it was going to happen. They didn't interact. So here's a situation where President Trump said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to interact. We're going to save those people. We're going to send troops right now. I was in the Marine Corps. 
the president of the United States is in the direct chain of 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 the hierarchy. The the what do you call it? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Chain of command. He is at the top of the chain of command of the Marine Corps. He the Marines are the only service that he can call into war, into action, without the approval of Congress. He can say, I want Marines on the ground now. They'll be there. It happened during Desert Storm. Bill Clinton sent Marines. Within 24 hours, they had the dude surrounded. President Trump said, I want a 1,000 Marines sent there right now. Okay. What did you want to happen? See, here's the conversation. Here's the thing that a lot of people are uncomfortable with because we don't know policy. We don't know the subtle things of counterterrorism. We don't know what's going on. We're not there. We're getting reports from this person and that person. But nowadays, everybody has an agenda. There's no news source saying, yeah, we don't really know. I mean, the days of just reporting the news are gone. It's all about information and the control of information and who's controlling the dialogue. And nowadays, corporate people own the news stations. They own the news. They're controlling the media. They control what you see and hear. The best chance you've got is to supposedly look at everybody's information. That's the main reason I have a Twitter account, so I can follow news sources from around the world, so I can directly follow people I agree with and people I don't agree with to hear their version of it because it's up to me to decide what's real because they're all trying to sell you something. The people who are in office are trying to sell you on the fact that they need to be reelected. The news sources, they're trying to sell you on the fact of, you got to tune in tomorrow because it could all go to shit tomorrow and, you, and, and we got Crest to sell. We got Tide as a sponsor. We got Ford. If you don't watch, we don't get those dollars. We need those dollars. Pretty terrifying. Listen, Tulsi Gabbard's been on Joe Rogan's podcast three times, and I wrote down the, the episodes today. Episode 1170, September 10th, 2018. Episode 1295, May 13th, 2019. And episode 1391 with Jocko Wilnick on November 26th, 2019. Service above self. Do you understand what that means? That means take yourself out of the equation and think about what's best for everyone. Even if it means your sacrifice. What would it take? I mean, I'm assuming that most of you listening to me are parents and you have kids. What would it take for you to protect your kids? What's the right move Obviously, here in America, we believe in the Second Amendment. I know most of the people I know have guns. If anyone stepped on American soil and tried to invade, well, that would be really ugly really fast. But that's not how it would happen. I don't think anybody's that foolish. But if another war started up, 
What would it mean for your children? What would our involvement be? And why would it need to be there? What is our need? What are we getting out of it? Is it for the altruistic reasons of trying to find peace? Is it for, as Dan Cranshaw says, if we don't go there and kill the enemy there, then we're going to have to kill them here. It's not a bad point. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good conversation. Listen, it's a conversation we all should be having in our own homes, between our friends, between our rep- our representatives. Call your representative. Talk about it. If you feel a certain way, talk about it. We live in a representative government. This is a republic. It's a democratic republic. We have representatives. Have that conversation. Listen, conversation is way better than action because action leads to rash decisions and people getting hurt, people dying. Tulsi is more about the conversation. But don't get me wrong. I think at the end of the day, if she has to, she will say, okay, that's enough. We have to stop this. I don't want anybody to think she's a pacifist. I don't think she is. You can't be a combat medic and just be a pacifist. You've seen too much. Anyway, let's talk about something else. Switch gears a little bit. The world's on fire. Well, Australia is. Um, I watched a Netflix show, um, Kevin Hart, Don't F This Up. They got the, the U and the C with a little asterisk sign. <clears throat> it just came out recently. It's uh, six episodes. And it basically talks about Kevin trying to build an empire, trying to try, trying to be a billionaire, basically. Coming from nothing, I mean nothing, single mom, dad's a drug dealer, in jail on drugs several times, brother gets exonerated from the family legally by his mother um, because he's such a criminal. And as a single mother, she raises Kevin by herself and creates this guy who is a mogul, who is making movies, who is making television, who is a stand-up comedian, who is being a producer and a director and a creator and has his own media empire. And he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Jumanji, Jumanji 2. I mean, you guys know who he is. And he has some mistakes because he's a person. He does things wrong, really wrong. The show starts off with him talking about what happened with the Oscars. He was apparently selected to be the host of the Oscars. And this scandal came out where apparently 10 years ago, 10 years ago, he had a comedy special where he made a joke about, you know, if my son was gay, blah, 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 blah. Basically, he didn't want his son to be gay. And he made a joke about it. And the media just piled on him as hard as they could because they wanted him to apologize. But apologizing wasn't enough. 
he apologized. He apologized, he apologized, he apologized. And at a certain point, he said, enough, I'm not doing this anymore. Y'all can kiss my ass. I'm, I'm moving forward. I've already apologized. I'm not going to keep doing it. I can't give you what you want. And this goes into that conversation of comedians. What are comedians allowed to say? Comedians are the last front of the First Amendment. The freedom of speech. They're allowed to talk about things that we're uncomfortable with to make us laugh. It's not meant to incite people to be angry. I talked about this on the last podcast. Todd Glass, you know, said, hey, listen, there's nobody's ever watched a a comedy show. Man, that was really hilarious. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to start hating gays. Yeah, because that guy made it funny. No. They watch these documentaries where Zac Efron gets to play a serial killer, and they go, boy, he really made that look sexy. I think I could do that. He's got a point. Kevin apologized over and over and over. You move on. You move forward. You got to watch this show. He talks about it. He talks about being married to a second wife and cheating on her. They openly discuss what it what happened, how it affected them, what their choices were. And along the way, every step of the way, he's like, I, I just... I keep making mistakes. That's why it's titled, Don't F This Up. It's really good. Every episode's about 30 minutes long. You know, he wants to show young kids growing up in the projects with nothing, that it doesn't matter where you start, you can make it. And that's why he's got this idea of becoming a billionaire. He's like, listen, I'm on the path. I'm trying to get there. I'm working really hard. And if you watch him, you realize he is working really hard. But at the end of the day, he's human and he makes mistakes. We all do. I'm guilty of it. I know you guys are. I know some of you. (laughs) But anyway. um, Kevin came on Joe Rogan's podcast Episode 1278 on April 6th, 2019. And he did a long podcast where he talked about it. I talked about it on this podcast. I didn't talk much about it at the time because I didn't know all the information. This show shows more of that. It shows more of the information. It shows what happened and why he made the choices he made and and how his wife forgave him and how his team rallied around him and how he changed his he changed who he was and he changed direction and you know we're all creatures of change that's the hard thing for people to realize is we're all creatures of change and we all make mistakes there's a church sign that says something to the effect of um why do you hate your neighbor because they sin differently than you? There's a lot of truth to that. Anyway, on the brink of World War III and Australia on fire and all this other stuff, there is hope. I have hope. I have hope that all of this matters and that we can do something together. 
I'm taking the Christmas tree down today. All the Christmas decorations are getting put away. We're going to uh, change the living room over. Springtime coming up, hopefully. Um, We're still not getting a lot of cold here. It's been hot and cold and hot and cold. I think yesterday we had the heat on in the morning, the AC on during the day, and then we turned the heat on before we went to bed last night. Because it was like 40, and then it was 78, and then it got down to 49 last night. Weird weather. Um, I am getting over this cold. I've been taking medicine, and it's helping. Uh, The keto flu is hitting me right now. I'm going to have some more coffee and ride the boat again. Uh, but I'm going to keep you guys updated and I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to keep striving because if we don't strive, then what's the point, right? Uh, check out Quade Richardson's Instagram page. He's on there playing guitar, doing some pretty cool licks in his man cave. I had him on the podcast here. You guys may know him. Um, and yeah, I mean, stuff I kind of care about. Check out his page. Check out, check out Big Daddy 1992 on YouTube. I want to promote these guys. I want to say, hey, we're all doing something. Check out Forrest Gallant's Instagram page. Check out Kevin Hart's show. Check out these things that I talk about. Watch The Messiah. It's going to move you. There's a lot of things in there that are going to be like, I don't know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is this real? Is this fake? What's The way they did it is amazing. And it also reminded me so much of the Bible and what happened to Jesus and It is so miraculous and disturbing and hopeful and sorrowful and joyful and everything. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to wrap this up. Go be your best self. Strive for betterness. Talk to your neighbors. Learn. There's things out there that you can consume everywhere. Be careful what you consume. And let's all get better. And that's it. I'm out of here. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. I still only have one review on on the YouTube thing on the um, the what you call it the the iTunes one guy, three star guy. Thanks, three star guy. At least you're the one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, y'all y'all take care and uh, cue the cow. <laughs>